Hey, Fro, you want to hear a passage from the Bible? Yeah. And the Lord said unto John, Come forth, and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth, and he just won a toaster. <laughs> On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we will talking about News of the Week, TV of the Week, Westboro Baptist Church, Eurovision, Alone Together Episode 9, and another digital review of Tomb Raider. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. and gentlemen and welcome to another digital citizen episode 128 that means that we have done 127 and that we are recording 128 hello luke are you home hi fro yes i am home hi everybody i am i am a home you sound like you're not at home i am definitely not at home uh, there's a lot of echo in this room. Yeah, you echo! sound like you're maybe in like the bowels of a ship, maybe <laughs> by the sound of it. I am. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the way to discover America. <laughs> <laughs> there was this like thing uh, many years ago. I I was just thinking about this when you said uh, discovering America. I was in Portugal for the world expedition in in Portugal. Me and my dad was there for a vacation. And we were talking to some Portugal people and they are really like proud of that uh, uh, Christopher Columbus got ships from uh, uh, the Portuguese king and queen to go and discover America. I was talking to some of them, and they were like, and I said to them, have you ever heard of a guy called Leif Eriksson? And they go like, no, who, who was he? He was the Viking that discovered America some thousands of years before, before Christopher Columbus. And I go like, shit, we never heard about him. We don't want to hear about him. Vikings, who, what? Right. They found <laughs> a place... Uh, or the Portuguese, or Christopher Columbus, I guess, found a place that mm-hmm. had already been found by one person who already found a place where people already lived, and then we celebrate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm I'm in the hospital, in the mental hospital. So that's fun. But uh, we have had podcasts where I'm in the mental hospital before, so nothing new. Really. 
So how's your week been? Better than mine, I'm guessing. Uh, probably better than yours, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> but it's been alright. Uh, huh? Kind of just getting work done here and there. and uh, Yeah, actually it was not a very eventful week, I suppose, when I think about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I had an eventful week, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about some fun, 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 fun news. Um, and you will take care of the news this week, because, like I said, I'm not in front of my computer. What is the first news? Okay, robot, Um, I will tell you the news. Uh, Uber suspends <laughs> self-driving tests after a pedestrian is killed in Arizona. This is the first uh, human death of a, or I guess from a self-driving car. So this is the first mm -hmm. one. We've talked so much on the show about self-driving cars uh, all over mm -hmm. the world, really. Uh, from UK to Norway to here and everywhere in between. When A couple weeks ago, we talked about the California thing, right? About how they were going to yeah. make it so you could have the self-driving cars without people. This, I guess, this car in Arizona had uh, a backup driver in the car and it still hit somebody. Um, and, and killed somebody. Right, exactly. A self-driving car operated by Uber struck and killed a pedestrian who was walking her bicycle in Tempe, Arizona, Sunday night. The incident could be the first pedestrian death involving a self-driving vehicle. Uh, it was an autonomous mode, but a human riding along uh, was riding along to take control if necessary. But what happened there is my question. I, <laughs> they ha Uber has not come out and said uh, they came out uh, and said our hearts go out with the victim of the family or fully cooperating with local authorities in investigating the incident, but they haven't come out and said, well, did the person that was supposed to be back, were they asleep? You know, like, did mm -hmm. they just, were they, did they just completely stop paying attention? Because that's something I could see with self-driving cars where you get so used to it doing its thing that you stop paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. when an accident could happen, and maybe that's what happened here, is the person wasn't, just wasn't vigilant enough. I don't know, they were eating their... Krispy Kreme donut and not paying attention to what the car was doing or something like that? 49-year-old Elaine Herzberg was struck while walking outside a crosswalk, police said. She was immediately transported to a local hospital where she died. Ugh. Yes. Terrible news. It's very sad. Uh, and this is the very first of the of this kind, so... Uh, it's at the National Transportation Safety Board is sending a team to investigate the incident. Obviously, they're still investigating. I guess we'll know what happens in the future with this. But when we did mm -hmm. that California thing where we said they were going to have them be fully autonomous without like testing without somebody to back it up, we were we said if one thing happens, uh, if one person gets hit by a car, that this could all uh, get turned around. And if the National Transportation Safety Board investigates this and realizes it was actually the car's fault and not maybe some other error, uh, that could be a real issue for the future of self-driving cars. I don't know. Some people are terrified of self-driving cars. What do you think, Fro? Are you terrified of them? No, I'm, I'm not really afraid of self-driving cars. I'm not sure if the technology has come so far that we can have it. I think we should uh, look into what percentage uh, of 
fail there is in a self-driving car because I mean let's say and I and I understand this is kind of cynical but let's say uh, people kill uh, five people a year uh, what percentage do a self-driving car kill so it's kind of like well uh, I've actually seen that data and self-driving cars at least now because you I mean it's hard to uh, equate that to the real world right now because there's so many more regular cars than there are self-driving cars. But as far right. as percentage-wise, uh, self-driving cars ha- are far less likely to get in an accident than it, beca- because there's no human error. Um, but that doesn't put into the emotional part of it. Uh, right. If you if you if you're if somebody you love gets hit by a car. You mm-hmm. can blame the guy who hit them. That person can apologize to you and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is what happened. I'm sorry." Whatever. Uh, if you if you get hit by a self driving car, the car's not going to apologize to you. You can't blame the car. Really, it's a robot. It, you can go through the data and look at it, you know what went wrong in the data of the car, but uh, then that person. Uh, that person's life just becomes a data point to increase the intelligence of this self-driving car. And that's, it loses the, uh, humanity of, of that, of it, I guess. I mean, right. Losing somebody to a car crash, no matter what is hard, but would it be harder hmm. if it was a self-driving car than if it was a human? I don't, I, I don't really know. I don't think that's a bridge we've really crossed yet uh, as a society. Obviously this family has now, and so this is kind of the start of that journey into the future, I guess. And it, it, it's some. I also feel like there's there's uh, like sh- should uh, should the argument be that since self-driving cars has a less percentage of killing people. Should it be the norm to have self-driving cars? Like, can we totally ignore the human side of it? And I, I think you, you're in, in with something like the, the feeling of blame, the feeling of who, who's to fault here. That is something we forget. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, it's something yeah. we have to look into in the future, uh, especially. I mean, once we have. In a certain country, whatever country it is, once you have more self-driving cars than regular cars, that's when mm-hmm. it really changes. It'll really um, change change things for uh, a whole country. We'll have to look at their laws right. and go, okay, how do we? It's just like if all of a sudden robots we we gain they gain intelligence and they're they're just robots walking around. Like you go to work and there's a robot mm-hmm. at McDonald's with you at work flipping burgers. At what point? Right is killing that like if you kill that robot or you you know whatever stomp that robot run that robot over with a car what at what point is that murder as opposed to just right. property destruction or something like that yeah right 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 so we almost had a crisis here in Norway yay government almost crisis 2018 right we've uh, never been we've never been so fucking there in 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 many 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 years. Uh, exactly. Uh, your government. It looked like uh, the 
conservative part of the government was going to fall uh, yep. due to the fact that this uh, justice, uh, minister of justice, can you say her name, Fro? Sylvie? I can. Her name is Sylvie Listau. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah. She posted something on Facebook. Uh, it was a picture of, uh, I assume, were some kind of uh, ISIS-type militants. And it, it in the caption it said, The right, mm -hmm. uh, right, rights of terrorists uh, to be more important than the security of the nation. Talking about the Labor Party. Is, she's, she was saying the Labor Party uh, takes the rights of terrorists more important than the security of Norway. Uh, mm -hmm. People took offense to that, uh, especially... Of course. <laughs> uh, since, I guess, this was... Her tweet came out basically the exact same time that a movie was released about um, Brevix, the... Uta, per, yeah. Who killed... Um, Terror... The terrorists who killed a bunch of people in Norway. Mm -hmm. uh, so people kind of took offense to this Facebook post. Uh, she was had calls to resign, and she ended up resigning. Uh, this The parliament had been set for a motion of no confidence, uh, but she mm -hmm. resigned before they could, uh, obviously before they could do the vote. If she would have, uh, if it would have been a vote of no confidence... Uh, the Christian Party, is that what they're called? Yes, the Christian uh, Party, yeah. They were going to have a l even more power than they did before in, in this government. Yeah. Uh, mm. But also, a coalition of labor and a few other of the smaller parties were going to be able to get together and basically take over the government if this would have happened. Yeah. Conservatives would have uh, no longer been the mini minority uh, government of, of the country. Uh, that did not happen, I guess. So, and and please ask me how close it was because I I can give you somewhat of an endless twist. It was fucking close. <laughs> I mean, if she if she didn't say, <laughs> uh, she almost laid her head on the axe table. She 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 sacrificed herself uh, for the government. That's what she did. Right. Like she said, okay, it's become about me. I don't want it to be about me. Okay, I resign. I don't resign because I think there's a reason I should resign. But I resign because I want there to be an unknown or a right-wing government. Exactly. So... So if, if she didn't do that, uh, we would have a different conversation today <laughs> with a crisis in Norway when it comes to the government. Right. In a message confirming her resignation, the minister wrote in a post uh, that her post had nothing to do with July 22nd attacks and complained the subsequent mm. outrage was a witch hunt against her. Uh, so she mm -hmm. denied that even this Facebook po post was even offensive, but she was getting calls from her own party to resign. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that's really where the pressure was coming from. Mm -hmm. In other Norway news... Yeah, we're not so happy anymore. I, I wouldn't say that. Got us. 
<laughs> the things overtook the 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 the, the world's happiest country. Ah, I don't want to be underneath the fence in anything, especially not happiness. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, but you're number two, right? So. But I want to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the problem here, Fro, is you're no longer as happy because of all the accidents from trying to dive into your giant pool of uh, Olympic medals, and people have been hurting oh, yeah. themselves. Oh, trying yeah. to dive into the pool of medals because they don't have the knack, like oh, yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Oh. Um, a lot oh. of, a lot of metal injuries cause you to go down. But I guess <laughs> last year you were number one. Obviously, we talked. Mm-hmm. We actually talked about that last year. I I like this, uh, the World Happiness Report. I think this is maybe more important than a lot of world reports that come out about different countries, such as economic things and stuff like that happiness i think is the real measure of uh how how good a country is in a way um norway finds itself pushing to second place after finland like i said uh denmark third iceland uh iceland switzerland the netherlands canada new zealand sweden and australia top out uh are, are in the top 10 right there in that order Mm-hmm. United States 14th uh, last year is now number 18th. So we actually dropped a f- few place- places. Gonna have to attribute that <laughs> to Trump, probably. Yes. I was just going to say that. I wonder I wonder who you can blame for that. Could his name be Donald Trump? I would blame Donald Trump and maybe MSNBC, CNN, Fox News... <laughs> Uh, as well for making people depressed all the time because their news coverage sucks. Uh, United Kingdom, 19th, uh, uh, stayed 19th, was same exact place as last year, but it makes the Mm -hmm. United States only one, uh, one better than the UK, which last year we were five better. So Mm -hmm. we've definitely dropped a bit, but that's not, like we said, not super surprising. So, (laughs) but you could be happy with Hillary Clinton. Look, she would have voted. She would have won if it wasn't for the backwards. Right, uh, the middle, middle of America, America is what she's having a problem with. Yeah. Really, uh, she was in India doing some talks. Uh, and she made some remarks. Not only. Uh, some remarks against middle America that people took offense to, but also some remarks about women that I don't think we're going to really cover here, but let's go and listen to a clip of her from uh, India, and then we can kind of go into what we thought about it. How's that sound? Sure. Okay. All right, let's watch this video in three, two, one, play. If you look at the map of the United States, there's all that red in the middle mm-hmm. where Trump won. I win the coast, I win That's you know, not Illinois really what and Minnesota, America looks places like. like that. But what the map does Mostly grass and trees. <laughs> is that I won the places that represent two-thirds of America's gross domestic product. Oh, rich people? So I won the places that... Are optimistic, I love the first, applause. It's dynamic, so, moving so forward, little. 
And his whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. You know, you didn't like black people getting rights. You don't like women, you know, getting jobs. You don't want to, you know, see that Indian American succeeding more than you are. Whatever your problem is, I'm going to solve it. All right, so that's the part that people took offense from. Obviously, this was from a big uh, speech he did. Uh, that was just mm. a little part that, you know, got clipped out and people saw it. Uh, mm. What do you think about that, Pharrell? Oh, it's pretty... It's pretty... She's pretty uh, stupid to say something like that. Uh, she's, uh, she's, like, saying, like, oh, Middle Americans are stupid. They're calling Middle America stupid, more or less. Right. And, and racist. Not only... Well, racist and stupid, and not only that... She's yeah. saying that they're, they were too dumb to figure out that she... That to vote for her. Uh... Not, not. It wasn't that nobody liked her and didn't want to vote for her because she's. They just. She turns people off right when she's on TV. They see her and they go, "Wow, that's a person I don't want to vote for." That didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> and not only the part that I see is like the most um, interesting of this that people don't seem to be pointing as much out in the news is that she's basically saying, "I represent rich people." <laughs> yeah, is what she's saying. She's like the places that have the most economic wealth, those are the ones that voted for me. So what she's saying is rich people are smarter than poor people as well. She's saying, I represent the rich, smart people, and all those stupid idiots in the middle of America, they, they're they just, they're, if they were smarter and richer, they would have voted for me, but they're, they're too dumb and poor to know any better to, uh, than to vote for Hillary Clinton. That's what it sounded like, right? Yeah. Now, it doesn't seem like she's fighting for a 2022 thing. Uh, I don't think... She, it 2020. Look, yeah, 2020, sorry. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't look, lo, lo, it doesn't look like she's, she's uh, being at all uh, a candidate in it. And it seems like she's throwing shit left and right and blaming uh, all other people than herself for the election. Well, one thing, I, I sent you an article or that had it in there, but the other thing she said in the same speech that people got offended by was that uh, some women, specifically white housewives, didn't vote for her or Obama, and she blamed them saying they chose to vote for Trump because their husbands told them to. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Right. We're not even. Gonna, <laughs> we're not even going to go near that one with a ten-foot pole. Because I'm a white man. What a, but what? A, what a moronic thing to say, though. <laughs> right, but it's what not something she speak? hasn't uh, said before in the past. Like she said right. stuff like that during the campaign as well. Um, yeah. As far as the whole racist thing. I understand there are racist Trump supporters, but as somebody who was called a sexist Bernie bro for a year and a half and probably mm -hmm. still being called a sexist Bernie bro by some people, um, and then ended up voting for Jill Stein and was still called a sexist Bernie bro, even though I vote for, voted for a woman for president, uh, mm -hmm. calling tr all Trump supporters racist 
is it, it's just ill ill advised because yeah. what if one of those per- people who voted for Trump voted for Obama four years before that and then they chose right. to vote for Trump? What if right. in the primary they voted for Ben Carson? And then they decided right. to vote for Trump. Is that person that voted for Ben Carson and then voted for Trump a racist? Or are they just right. a Republican who's voting right. Republican? So right. I don't. I totally agree there are some racist Trump supporters. That's undeniable. Trump is mm-hmm. clearly somewhat racist himself. Mm. Definitely. But to call all of them racist, I have a problem with mostly just because I'm coming from the side of being called a sexist Bernie bro. Uh, from right. the other... from. The same people <laughs> that are calling them all Trump supporters racist. So, and I can tell our listeners: listen to next week's program because next week's program we are actually going to have an interview with someone that did vote for Trump. Right. I wouldn't call him a Trump supporter, but he did vote nope. for Trump. Yes. So that'll be an interesting no. conversation next week for sure. Yeah. Uh, Keep updated on that. Um, we are going to talk about a lot of things in that. Yes, let's move on. Let's go into the Cambridge Analytics stuff real quick, just to get out of the yes. way. Cambridge. Uh, I, go yeah, ahead. This is from the Guardian. Uh, Cambridge Analytica exists a boast of role of getting tr- Donald Trump uh, elected. Excess from the firm uh, at the heart of the Facebook data breach say they used untenderable and un trackable ads according to uh, under uh, cover expos so what is this really about in in really like short terms it's oh i mean this is a group just like uh the troll farm that we talked about in russia except this is a group in the uk that puts out stuff on the internet to um i don't want not pander uh to target voters Mm-hmm. It's a group that was hired to find voters and, uh, you know, um, campaign to them. Uh, all campaigns do this, uh, but this is a foreign government. And the real problem that happened here is that this company used a loophole in the fa- in Facebook's rules at the time to gather information from Facebook users without their knowledge, somewhat. More than 50 million users or something like that? Really what happened here is they put out, this company put out a survey that they called like a personality quiz, which you see those things on Facebook all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, 27,000, I believe, people took this. And from the 27,000 people that took it, uh, their information was gathered. So in that information that was gathered, uh, it... It inclu- that information included, like, who their friends on Facebook were. Right. So if you were friends with one of the people that took this quiz, th- that is included in the 50 million people they're talking about. Does that make sense? And I, yeah, and I really have to take you know, thank Margaret, because she was the one that sent me this and, and the video that I sent to you about this Cambridge Analytica. Oh, it, it, was, uh, it was something that might have been on, on our news, but yeah. this, the... The story is not complete yet. There's not enough information to say one way or another what really happened here. Uh, we'll probably cover this more next week. I don't want to go super in-depth onto the, into this. No. But, uh, there has been a whistleblower that came out 
he I yes. saw an interview with him. He seems a little yeah. sketchy to me. Yeah. Um, but 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 it's it's interesting, and it seems like Facebook uh, Facebook have thrown this Cambridge Analytica out of Facebook. So uh, there's there I see I see the fire. I see this. No, I, I mean I see the smoke, and uh, there's no smoke without the fire. So, but we will cover this for sure because maybe it wasn't the Russians that did this. Maybe it was the British. <laughs> right. The, the American news, at least, is trying to sc- construe this because apparently Cambridge Analytica had a Russian professor or a professor. I don't even know if he was. I think he was British who was also working in the UK at, at another university. So it's they're using that as like the connection, like maybe this guy was going back and forth and trading information with the Russians. No proof of that. But that's what they're trying to say. Uh, what I find interesting about this whole thing is. Since this, you don't hear anything about WikiLeaks because uh, now they're trying to connect Trump with this British Analytica to Russia, and that's kind of the triangle. But the triangle before was Trump, WikiLeaks, Russia, and that's no longer being talked about. Um, I think it's interesting that this we we indicted this troll farm in Russia yeah. for influencing our elections because they put out a bunch of memes on Facebook. This British Analytica put out a bunch of stuff on Facebook to collect data on people uh, to market to them just like the trolls did in Russia. We indicted these trolls. British Analytica has suspended the head of the company, but we're not bringing any charges against them. I mean, this was a company from a foreign land this just you know uh, the uk is just as much a foreign place as russia is uh to the u.s and we're not indicting these people even though they did the exact same thing which is very interesting i mean it could come in the future so i can't say it won't but as of right now the whole thing is um still a little bit up in the air i kind of have a strange feeling this will all be blown over and debunked by next week. So let's see what happens. Uh, another quick see. story uh, that happened that is not in our news. Did you hear about the Austin, uh, Texas bombing? Uh, that no, happened? I did not. So far, five bombs have uh, blown up in Austin, Texas. Uh, they're calling wow. it a serial bomber. Uh, there was another explosion last night. Uh, that would have been the sixth, but they're saying that it was not connected that it was somebody who took a box of old stuff to a Goodwill and it had like a war replica in it and this war replica turned out to be real and blew up. So it, they're saying it had nothing to do with the rest, but apparently there's a serial bomber in Austin. Um, they're comparing it to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, a lot uh, just by what, what's been going on there. So uh, something to keep an eye on in the future. So let's go into Russia news. Yes, let's go into Russia news. Uh, even though Trump has no collusion with Russia, she has some sanctions over the U.S. election interference. What is this, and why is he doing this now? Right, we got a bunch of Russia news this week, so I think we're just going to go through each one really, really quick because they're not really even that big of stories. But Trump administration hit Russia with sanctions over the U.S. Inter- inter- 
interference, election interference, as well as apparently some more sanctions because they're saying that some Russians hacked the uh, electrical grid on the East Coast, okay. uh, but didn't actually do anything. They hacked it, mm. they were in the computer, never actually caused any power outages or took any information out of it, but that's part of why they're doing the sanctions. And then Vladimir Putin... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And then Vladimir Putin wins the Russian election by a big margin. What a surprise. Right. Uh, going back to the last story real quick, but mm. uh, it kind of goes with this. Uh, Trump actually congratulated Putin uh, for winning the election, and I guess that was a big deal here in America. People saying, why would he congratulate a man who didn't even really win, it's not really even a fair election, which is totally true. But going back mm -hmm. to the last one, Trump administration hit Russia with sanctions. If Russia and Trump were working together, would he keep, would he hit him with sanctions? <laughs> probably not. Probably, probably not. Nobody seems to be talking about that, but that's fine. Uh, no. But yeah, like you said, Putin won again, not a big surprise, not a fair election. The no. Russians are corrupt. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Russia expels 23 diplomats over a communication that they poisoned the spy. Right. Uh, Russia took offense to even being accused of uh, poisoning the spy and his daughter, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, I'm, I don't think we've mentioned it. We, I, we mentioned it in like the first time we talked about it, but they both are alive. They're in the hospital. They are sick. Oh, yeah. I said they were... Died. I think I killed them on the last podcast. I think I said they were dead at least once. Did you? I, yeah. I don't even yeah. remember. But <laughs> they definitely yeah. are not. Uh, but they, they were no. poisoned. And Russia has expelled 23 diplomats. Um, so this is just the start of, you know, the back and forth. Like... One country puts sanctions on one country, the other country puts sanctions on that country. One person yeah. uh, expels some diplomats, the other country expels some diplomats. And then it keeps going, and if it escalates, one country moves border, uh, troops to the border, the other country moves troops to the border. You know, that that's the next step, so keep an eye out for that as far as this thing goes. Uh, and then finally, I guess, Boris Johnson, yeah, who my favorite nobody... Cl clown. Who nobody really takes seriously, world. is what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes and says uh, that Russia stockpiled nerve agents over the past decade. How yeah. the fuck does he know that? Uh, he's saying British intelligence is where he got it from, so... But does this story sound familiar to anything? I don't know that happened in like the early two thousands, maybe had something to do with Iraq. Uh, sound anything like weapons hmm. of mass destruction story that we've talked about. Hmm. I wonder if I've heard this before. Right. Yes, I have. <laughs> hey, if you were dead, would you go to the court and say, I'm alive. No, you can't because you will be dead. If you were dead, right. Uh, yeah. But this Turkish man, uh, who I guess uh, went to Romania, uh, Konstantin 
Relui? Is that what we're going to call him? Yeah. Uh, he, the Turkish government deported him in January for having expired documents and sent him back to Romania. Uh, uh, which he says he hadn't seen since the late 90s, so he hadn't been back to Romania in that long. And you, you can imagine his surprise when upon his return to Romania, uh, he found out he's been dead, according to them, since 2003. There was official death certificate registered by his wife and everything. <laughs> uh, but here's the big thing. On Thursday, a court in the city of Vasuli rejected his bid for a death certificate to be overturned despite the fact that he appeared in person to plead to the ca to plead his case to the court. Uh, the court ruled he had no case to stand on because his appeal was filed too late. Uh, so this man has gone to court to tell them that he's not dead, and they have said, it It doesn't matter, You're, you, too much time has passed, We're, we can't, like overturn your death death certificate uh so this man You're is dead to us right <laughs> uh so it appears he's in limbo as he's banned from life from turkey and banned from life from R romania uh he cannot make a living in either of these countries so he's basically Jesus. a ghost person he can't he has no passport he can't go anywhere else so this wow. this is just crazy poor very guy. interesting story though poor guy I feel yeah. for him. What do you do in that situation when the court just says, you walk in, you're like, I'm not dead. They're like, yes, you are. <laughs> Next case. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I, sometimes I really like Trump, and sometimes I don't. He, he planned to include death penalty for some drug dealers. Why? Uh, right, he put out his opioid plan, because we have a huge problem here with, uh, opioid, uh, specifically, um, prescription op opioids here in America. Uh, huge problem with people dying and just getting addicted in general to these things. And then once you get addicted to the, uh, prescription painkillers, then people will move on to heroin, uh, because it's, it's, uh, it, it can either be more or it can be uh easier to find sometimes for people who don't have access to somebody who has pills or whatever this and that there are other there are reasons but um it's a, it says here in this article that some 2.4 million americans are estimated to be addicted to the drugs right and the crisis claimed an estimated of six 63,600 lives national, uh, nationwide just in 2016. So mm -hmm. this is clearly a huge problem. Um, strange how we uh, got this problem right after we invaded that Afghanistan place that was filled with opioid poppies. But hey, I'm not saying anything weird happened there. But um, <laughs> What? <laughs> who would have thought we invaded this place that has all these opium poppies and all of a sudden we have an opi opioid uh, epidemic like 10 years later. Strange. Mm. Um, mm. <clears throat> but he's come out with his plan to curb this drug problem and part of his plan is to drug traffickers who 
um, are found guilty of dealing drugs to somebody who ends up dying of those drugs, uh, they will be given the death penalty. It's a possibility of the death penalty. So it'll be equivalent to murder, basically. If somebody dies, <sighs> overdoses on drugs, you sold them. Right. I'm, I'm sold against death penalty that I... Oh. Right, uh, uh, we're both against the death... We've talked about this before in the past. I'm against the yeah. death penalty completely, unless there's a scenario where a murderer goes, I want to die in this specific way because I feel bad for my crimes and I don't... Uh, I think I deserve... If that person actually says, I want to be killed, then I would be okay with it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I have nothing against that at all. Which is strange, but I do have a problem with yeah. the state killing them, because how is that any different than murder, in my opinion? So, uh, it's no a, clue. Yeah, exactly. So overall, that's uh, Trump's kind of plan. There's other things in this plan, but that's the big thing that everybody's talking about. Um, and opioids are a huge problem. Not Nothing to be joked about at all. But this is just way overboard, and it's like... It's close to being like third world dictator oh just go have the cops go into their house and murder everybody so and steal the drugs kind of thing except they're doing it within the court rules you know what i mean they're like they're setting yeah. up it, it within the laws for it to be to murder somebody who's selling drugs which lots of times people are just selling drugs so they can get by because they're stuck in a horrible economic situation you know what i mean mm. And so mm. they're just trying to feed their kids or whatever. Uh, it doesn't always have to be that they're just a horrible drug dealer who's trying to deal drugs to hurt people. Uh, that's usually right. not the case. So no, uh, it's usually that they're stuck in a bad economic situation uh, and are probably addicted to drugs themselves. So that's mm -hmm. an issue. Yeah. Hey, if you were going to have a treasure hunting group, what would you call it? I I don't know. Depends on what we were hunting for, I guess. <laughs> but I, I I think the treasure hunting group finders keepers. That's a good name for treasure hunting group, I think. Right. <laughs> so this uh, FBI went to the site of a suspect lost Civil War gold in Pennsylvania. Ah. Uh, 150-year-old legend about buried federal gold appeared to caught the attention of the FBI. Dozens of FBI agents, along with Pennsylvania state officials and members of the treasure hunting group, checked this week to a remote site where uh, the local lore has it that gold, uh, Civil War gold shipment was lost in a hidden during the 1863 Battle of uh, Gettysburg. And this hunt, uh, treasure hunting group, finding uh, finders keepers, had long insisted that they found the gold buried in the state forest at Dent's Run, about 135 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, but said the state wouldn't allow them to dig. Exactly. And then the FBI shows up. Uh, the FBI yeah. has refused to say why it was at the site Tuesday, revealing only that was conducting court-authorized law enforcement activities. That sounds like a cover for something. Uh, mm -hmm. Finders Keepers owner Dennis Parada, 
said Friday that he's under FBI orders not to talk to the press. So this is something weirds going on here for sure. Is this a Civil War treasure train toot toot? (laughs) Is this toot toot? (laughs) Is this going to toot our toot? I don't know. We may have toot toot. Mm. I'm not really sure if we're going to toot toot this one. Oh, I'll keep following mm. it for sure and see what goes on. But like even the guy said, he he's under FBI orders not to talk about it. So who knows how much information is going to actually come out in the future. But I'm sure uh, some local p- uh, press will probably try to get a hold of information. But uh, according to this article from USA Today, depending on who's doing the telling, the shipment either has 26 gold bars or 52 bars, each wearing 50 pounds Meaning it would Whoa. be worth about twenty-seven million, uh, or about uh, to about fifty-five million today. Wow! So Ooh. yeah, uh, and again, this is federal gold, according to uh, to what we're reading here. Federal gold buried during that time period. So maybe that's why the FBI is there because they're <laughs> federal law enforcement. I don't know. Hmm. Toot toot. What would be fun is if we got gathered all the gold in the world and we uh, gave it like uh, to poor people. Maybe that's the way we end uh, po- uh, poverty. The problem with that is then rich people would go, "Oh yeah, but gold's not worth anything anymore," because inherently <laughs> gold is not actually worth it. Like you can't eat gold, you can't drink gold, you can't. I guess you could oh. build a house out of gold, but ooh, gold house. Right. Oh. And Tron's going to tell us the truth about ending poverty. This is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. Today I'm going to talk about poverty. Why do we have poverty? It's because people are lazy. It's because people don't want to work. What happens when you are poor? Have you ever been poor? Yes. According to the statistic, I should be poor. The problem is I don't feel poor because I've been lucky. I'm living in Norway. And I don't have the same ability to wantonness to buy a lot of shit that I see a lot of other people buy. It's little crap, little things. I don't need the newest iPhone. I don't need a newest equipment about everything. I use secondhand stores in the library. But again, poverty. Poverty is not just laziness. Poverty is a job. Have you ever been poor and have to go through the social system? Really, I would rather have a job. You know why? Go through a social system to get basic things is a lot of work. I did one sketch wrong for my working office for last week and I lost a couple of thousand kroners. But a mistake I didn't even know existed. I have to work with those cheats all the time. So again, they want to punish me because I don't have a job by putting me to bullshit tasks that I don't need. Today I'm going to recommend you a book called Utopia for Realists from Ruto Bregman, a Dutch man who's been been science on the history of poverty. And believe me, this is a book you want to read. But his utopian ideas can be the next thing if people want to read this book and read other articles of basic economical income. Well, I know, you know why poverty really exists. It's because somebody wants people to be poor. A lot of people use have power when people are poor. When you can, ha- when you can get f- cheap labor to get more money, 
It can be people who do your shit 24-7. You have the power because they, uneducated poor people, is the best thing for the people who have everything. Mitt Romney said during the election when he was swinging the golf club outside a country house that, well, Obama wants nobody to have this. I want everybody to have this. Really? Can everybody have a country house and sing golf clubs and people carrying them for you? Really, Mitt Romney? People just want other people to be poor. And when you're poor, you get punished by it. Again, read this book because it's going to lighten you of a lot of projects to end poverty who've been stranded because the rich, very powerful people don't want the ideas to come out. Utopia has always been things you're reaching for. One time in history, just people should vote was utopia. Women's rights, utopia. Gay people getting married, that was utopia when I was born. But utopia can be reality. And we can have a world without poverty if you choose to think different. So again, Rutter, Rutter, Brug, Bregman, Utopia for Realist, about basic income for everybody. Have a nice day. You can contact the podcast at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com, anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Even if your name is Jeremy, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, feel free, everybody, to send any emails you want about anything. We'd love some emails about the news, because I know people like to talk about the news on our Facebook book group, which... Uh, Facebook, another digital citizen, a lot of good news stuff there. But uh, Cambridge Analytica, send us anything you find out about that this week, because uh, we're definitely going to talk about that next week. We are definitely going to do that. Hey, uh, since I'm not home, we are not going to do a WWE book this week. Sorry about that uh, all, but I promise you we will come back to that. Uh, so. The Book of Margaret is not the Book of Margaret, but we will talk about Eurovision because I gave you uh, two Eurovision songs. Uh, let's talk about fr- France first. I think that's the best best place to start. Uh, yeah. I really like this song. Did you? Yeah, what do you think? Really oh, this is one of my favorite songs this year. Oh, definitely. Uh, really good uh, singer. Really good beat. Um, I actually yeah. ended up going and looking up the lyrics it translated into English, uh, mm-hmm. because really generally I wouldn't do that for a Eurovision song, but this one I actually yeah. liked enough that I was like, I wonder what this is about. Um, and it is, it's kind of, um, it's, it's not a love song or anything. It's, it's a, it's kind of, a, uh, against, uh, anti-violence song. If you read the English lyrics, at least. Uh, but it's well, very... it's it's an it's an immigration song more uh, than it is. It, she's singing about the lost children at sea, and right. yeah. I I wasn't born yesterday. All you have to to show is some mercy. She's talking about the the trip uh, where all those people have died at sea. It's an amazingly uh, uh, lyrics, and it's such a good beat and the ending is so amazing this has what i will call winning pom- uh, potential i think so too uh especially with the political aspects of this it definitely adds to it um i took it as like 
it was anti-violence against immigrants is the way I took mm-hmm. it. But I, yeah, when you point mm-hmm. out the the part, there is one line where she does point out the trip across the sea and the little kids mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, has to do with that. And the real part that really like got to me, I guess, was it was so simple. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't overly elaborate. It was just her and a guy with a guitar and a backup mm-hmm. track, and that's it. And it made it. Mm-hmm. It was it was haunting. It really was yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, and I really like that about it. I I don't know. I'll give it um. I'll give it a three. Th- actually, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Wow, this is my first twelve of this year uh, or ten. Ten. Um, right. In uh, yeah. In, Unless in you like case. it so uh, much that you're gonna give it a twelve out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not allowed. But uh, but this is my first ten of of the year. Uh, all looks at this is just a haunting uh, song with a fucking amazing uh, singer. Like I, I've listened to that song uh, over and over again, and like every time they come to da 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 so gripping and, and it, it works and I'm, I'm going to say this if it's a ballad year this this year this is going to fucking win I, but this, if it's this song year. still yeah. at that part you were just talking about it'll pop the crowd there whereas yeah, a ballad yeah. doesn't always do that but this song will mm-hmm. just because of the backup track which is super good and super interesting uh, will mm-hmm. pop the crowd and that adds to it. Whereas a ballad doesn't, it doesn't always have a part to do that. Sometimes they do, but it's usually like the singer, like doing this big, long note. And that's what'll pop the crowd where this, it was the backup track, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the next one. (laughs) Oh, Israel. Israel, I want you to do this. I want you to go first on this. I always I, go first. I, I want you to your opinion first on this because this, this, this song is. I fucking love this. This okay. is going to win your yeah. Uh, I this is going to win. You're your not wish. alone. I saw when I when you sent this to me on YouTube, yeah. on the side sidebar, there was about twenty yeah. people reacting to this song. Where yeah, like doing reaction videos, YouTube reaction videos, yeah. where other Eurovision songs you've sent me. Did not have yeah. twenty people doing reactions where this no, song no, did. No. So go ahead, continue with what you thought of it. This is going to win. I am going to predict uh, and and time stamping. Uh, when 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 Margaret showed me this, I was so fucking flabbergasted. I listened to it the first time I listened to it. I was like, "Fuck this." Uh, She's mocking Eurovision because it's it's a uh, uh, the intro is is a, a, a lot of chicken noises to say the chicken noises the, through the whole thing, bro. The yeah, chorus yeah, the yeah. chorus of the song oh, yeah. is chicken oh, yeah. noises. Yeah, and 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 there's something shameless about this song. I like. It's like it's a big fuck you, and it's also so incredible in the me too campaign that's going all over internet this is a woman 
centric song sure. with woman centric lyrics. Where, where, <laughs> Come on, Fro. Yeah, oh, li- yeah. I've listened, I listened to the lyrics, Mitch. I'm just saying there's not that many lyrics. <laughs> well, it's not like this you, is a you, deep you, thinker. Because you're not. No, no, oh, no, this no, really no, touched no, me no. Ab- about uh, the struggle of women. I didn't get that from no, the song. No, I, no, no. But, but there are a lot of people that are trying to say that, Fro. So I don't want to be. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. But for me, this song is hitting the right spots at the right moment. Sure. And I fucking love this. I, this is the song I have listened to the most times. I'm giving this uh, 20. <laughs> no, but I, I can't give it more than 10. But this is my second 10 uh, of, the, of the year. I, I, I just fucking love it. And I can't wait to, tell, uh, to hear what you think about it. I feel it. like this is your third 10. I think you gave something else a 10. But you'll have to go back when no, you have your... No, I, I gave... I, uh, the, the nearest I gave... Uh, I, I gave... Uh, you said I was not allowed to give 12... Uh, because I was going to give 10 to uh, Britain. And right. then you said, uh, 10 is the most. Oh, and then I said, oh, then I will give it an 8. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah. All right, well, get ready uh, for my opinion of this, Fro, because uh, it's not yeah. your opinion. <laughs> for uh-huh. sure. We have opposite opinions on this song. The chicken yeah. sounds. Let's start out there. Is that necessary in the women's movement to be doing the chicken sounds? Because it's clear what she was referencing is men yes. and calling yeah. them chickens. Is that yeah. is that constructive, Fro? Is the message, no, but is the message of this song constructive to the women's movement? I don't think it is personally. Okay. Um, and then here was my biggest problem with this song. It's a music video. <laughs> and I was yeah. like... Uh, at the beginning of, of when we started doing this, I've always told Fro, I want a live yeah. performance. That way I can tell if they're going to be good live yeah. on actual Eurovision. So you know what yeah. I did? And there's, when there, I f- there's no, and there's no uh, just to say that to, to the audience that doesn't follow Eurovision, there is no live performance of this song. Exactly what I was I, about to say. Fro sent it to me and I went, what the hell, Fro? I always, like, this is what I was thinking in my head. Why didn't you send me a live performance? So I go on YouTube, look it up. Live performance does not exist. So I'm like, does okay. Hmm. That's that, a li- I've, heard, I've heard her sing live. Okay. Uh, let me let me continue, Fro. One yeah, second. Okay. I, I got a story here. So yeah. I go on YouTube, and I find out there's no live performance. So I look up live performance of this lady to see okay. what she does, right? Mm-hmm. She... Uh, she works with a sampling board to sample herself mm-hmm. and create a beat, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Live, she is not a very good singer. She is mm-hmm. good with her sampling board. That's very that's a cool talent to have, and I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that 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 is that that ability. But the singing mm-hmm. that you heard in the music video is not her singing voice. Number one, that's my number one problem that we don't actually know how the live performance is going to be once it is mm. an actual Eurovision. There's no way to mm. tell. We have no measuring stick to go off of. So I have a real problem there. Um, and a lot of people were watching the music video, and I saw a couple of these reaction vids. One guy was like, oh, I love 
acapella beatbox songs mm. in Eurovision. This is not an acapella or beatbox song. The, the mm. stuff that you hear as that in the music video is her doing the sampling. Like you said, you've seen live performances, so you know what she does, right, mm -hmm. bro? Mm -hmm. So all this stuff is going to be sampled out of her. You know, she's going to sample these things in and out. Um, this is not... When you see the music video, you're seeing one thing. When we get the live mm. performance, it's going to be a whole different animal. So mm. that takes a lot of points away from me. I really wanted to like this song right when she started her little rap. And then it became the thing that I hate the most in Eurovision songs, Fro, is when you're going through the song and all of a sudden there's just a little rap for no reason. You know, mm. you know I've talked about that in the, pro in the past and had a problem with it. I again have a problem with it here. Another problem I have with it, from sorry to like just destroy your song like massive. <laughs> no, 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 no. Last week we had Norway, and they had these lyrics. Boop, boop, bop, a deep, bop, a doop. How is this song any more better lyrically than Norway in certain parts? It's not because she's just making noises and making chicken sounds and this and that. I understand a hundred percent that this is important. Like, it definitely has um, it's a femin. It's coming from a feminist angle. But again, like I said earlier, the chicken sounds and the way she acts, it seems detrimental to the women's movement because she's, to me, she's acting like she's saying men are bad, men are chickens, and they, uh, they're not as good. Like, it's, it's a very, it's not a pro-woman's song as much as it is an anti-male song. And that's where I have an issue with it. Does that make sense? Mm, I, I can understand. We don't have to agree. No, we don't uh, have to but agree, but I just, I, I, want, I just want to know that it makes sense that I'm getting my yeah, point yeah. across. I'm not trying to say feminism is bad or anything. Uh, I would just rather hear it as a pro-woman song that's talking about all the great things women have done as opposed to just trying to tear down men, which that's what I felt the mm. song was doing. Overall, I'm going to give this a one. <laughs> I know... One woman that is going to be pissed at you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. But if you go back and you remember, we never saw a live version of this. Go and watch her perform live and tell me that her singing voice is as good as the music video. If you tell me that, you're going to be a liar. So mm. I don't know what to say. Can I Can I just... Uh, uh, for... for, for... For, for uh, the worst in in this, because I I, I wanted to uh, to uh, to read it out. Look at me, I'm a be beautiful creature. I don't care about your modern dime preacher. Welcome, boys. Too much noise. I will teach you. Hey, I think you forgot how to play. My teddy bear's running away. The Barbie is going to say, Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, don't you ever forget you divine, and he's about to regret. He's a bum check Then, then he like he she calls men um, chicken. But but uh, there, there, there is there is there is some. I I think it's I don't... playful. Where 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 like and I I I understand where you come from. But where where I don't understand your argument and where where I like kind of fall off is I think this song is playful and you are t taking it uh, a little too serious maybe. 
No, I'm not taking it serious. I'm just, I'm just saying, because I've seen reactions to this and people reacting in that way, being like, this is so pro-feminist, this is, I don't think it's as strong as people are saying it is. Uh, the lyrics you just read out, so, uh, Fro, sound like a bunch of words just strung together into gibberish. Like, lyrically, this is not as mm. strong as I think people are trying to give it credit for. I don't think this puts across um, the same message people are trying to construe out of it. Like, I get... Um, I, I, like I said, in the first minute of this song, I've 100% wanted to like it because it, it's interesting. Mm. It's unique. It's very, very, uh, I love, I like the beat. I, when she started rapping, I actually did enjoy it. I wish she would have rapped a bit more. I wish we would have had a live version. So I, like, if there was a live version, I would have been able to tell you a bit more about how I felt about the performance. Uh, so there's just a lot of things going against it that don't necessarily um, have anything to do with the performer herself. It, a lot of other things are going into this to make me uh, have a problem with it. So, yeah. But do you think uh, this uh, uh, song have any chance to win because of how different it is. Uh, I think it has a chance to win for sure, especially because of all the hype. I mean, this song is the most hyped one of these uh, Eurovision songs we've had yet as far as yeah. wor worldwide attention, and that does have a lot to do with the Me Too movement and the women's movement in general. Um, the problem with saying I think it has a chance to win is we have not, again, seen a live version. Really hinders it. Why we haven't seen a live version, I don't know, but... Okay, let's move on. Enough about Eurovision. <laughs> Everybody's like, Phew! Have you seen any TV this week, Luke? Uh, I saw a bunch of TV this week, I guess. Um, let's see. Uh, I watched four episodes of The X-Files. Because tonight is the f season finale of X Files. Are you up to date on that? No, 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 no. I gave it up. I gave up X Files after last season. Oh, really? Because this season's a lot better, bro. I would recommend oh, this really? season. Actually, it feels like original X Files, where oh. last season feels like a giant joke and a piece of crap. This season yeah. actually feels like X-Files. It feels like every um, episode is independent of every other episode. There are different stories, and some of them are very interesting, very cool. There's one episode that I really recommend that's all about um, uh, uh, technology uh, uh, taking over. Uh, it's, it's about the singularity, basically. It, it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, finale of that tonight, so... I'm excited for that. Uh, did you see on YouTube this thing that came out about the WWE and it's called Evidence of F uh, WFN and the story behind the distri distribution? No. With John, Believe it or not, it's created by a guy named John Bravo. Like Johnny Bravo. Like the cartoon character. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this came out. It was a big thing uh, on wrestling news sites and wrestling uh, forums, but... This guy 
was claiming, okay, there was a guy who went to jail for selling steroids to people. His computer, his laptop, got released to this filmmaker. This filmmaker took the information about all the people he dealt these uh, steroids and different um, performance-enhancing drugs to, uh, including big-name actors, uh, people from Magic Mike, uh, different athletes, and, and people from the WWE. Um, one person that was supposedly going to be implicated in this was Roman Reigns. This came out and he basically said, I don't actually have any evidence that Roman Reigns, uh, or I don't have enough evidence to implicate Roman Reigns, but I don't have all of this guy who is in jail's laptops. Apparently there's more laptops, more cell phones with more conversations and different things out there. So this is going to be a continuing story, I guess. But a lot of people saying that this is just, this guy is a con artist, very possible, I guess, but it was big news online and everything. I would recommend checking it out for just for future, future examples of, of this guy's work probably coming out. It's called evidence of WFN and the story behind the distribution. Uh, this guy was selling steroids to big name actors. A lot of stuff has been proven uh, th- of him dealing to these people, uh, but a lot of it hasn't. Specifically, the Roman Reigns stuff, which is a lot of what people are mad about. But remember back when uh, Roman Reigns got in trouble for drugs? He got suspended for ha- having drugs, and it turned out to be Adderall. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'll talk a little later about that, uh, maybe. But um, what else did I see this week? Oh, three episodes of The Path. So I'm, I got all caught up in The Path. Because I think we have two mm. episodes more of The Path. Are you yeah. caught up on that? Yeah. It's very really good. good. This show does uh, not path, get worse, does it? No, The the Path is 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 so such a building show. Holy fuck. Like, it's not as good as The Leftovers at all. Uh, I, and and you can't compare those two kind of shows because no. it's it, uh, somewhat, somewhat. Uh, I mean, I don't. Category? I don't think I wouldn't put him in the same category as far as like genres, even. But really, no. You're just putting yeah. them together because they both have to do with religion. But one's like yeah. one's a, a show that's based in like the real world. The other one is fantasy. <laughs> There's a lot of fantasy right. happening. So well, I don't know if I really like could compare the two. But as far as okay. the path this season, a lot of really cool stuff happening with Cal. And where he's really? going with uh, the rich oh. guy—that's super interesting. Um, yeah. The one there is one thing that I'm kind of like, where the what the hell happened with this? But um, this season we're having the whole storyline with Hawk and yeah. the his the guy he, he's hooking up with, uh, who turns out to is a Christian, and his dad is like a pastor who hates uh, or who wants to convert him because he's gay, right? Doing the yeah. Uh, the conversion therapy is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But this whole storyline, I don't. It's pretty interesting, just because it's Eddie versus the other dad. That part's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But remember season two, where a hawk was out in the woods and he could he floated like he was flying. Yeah. Are we just not going to remember that that happened? That hawk can yeah. float like he's an avatar of some type. I don't know. No, but uh, I I love I love I love it. Uh, I think 
I have a feeling that next season will be the last season. How do, I really don't know. I mean, it doesn't have it doesn't show any signs of slowing down as far as the storyline writing. I don't see that they're running out of ideas. So who knows? No. But let's see what else did I see this week? Uh, well, B- Big Brother Canada still good. Have they oh. revealed the have not room? Mm-hmm. Which is maybe the worst have not room I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? No. Uh, it's a crypt, except the floor. It, uh, I would say two thirds of the floor is water. Oh shit! So, so like, there's barely anywhere to sleep, and there's this giant wow. tomb in the middle of it, like a sarcophagus in the middle of the uh. room. It that's in the water. It's very, uh. very. It's the most hardcore one I've ever seen. Uh, I think the thing that I really like about Big Brother Canada that I couldn't put my finger on until this week was it's the character build that really makes the show. Because Big Brother US, Big Brother UK, if there's like a Muslim guy or a gay guy or uh, or like uh, in the UK this year with uh, India, you have the transgender lady. They have to really, like, take a pie that has, like, transgender on it and just smash it into your face. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas Canada, it's like, there's a Muslim guy. There's a gay guy. uh, But they don't ever, like, go, here's, look, he's a Muslim. Like, slam a pie into your face in Canada. Right. It's just like, he's another house guest. You know what I mean? Like, the most you, that they would show of it like that was, uh, they were ordering burgers and the, and the guy's like, oh, I, I can't have bacon on my burger. I'm, I'm Muslim. Like, that's yeah. that's as far as they're going to go with, like, smashing it into yeah. your face. Like, they're never going to go into, like, the big little, like, do the little vignette where it's like, this guy. And he doesn't want bacon. Right, exactly. <laughs> totally. Or, like, the gay guy. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you don't have to point yeah. out in Big Brother Canada that this guy grew up and he had a hard time when he grew up because he was gay. It's just, yeah, he's another house guest and he's gay. Like, we don't need to make a big deal out of it. I love yeah. that about Big Brother Canada. Um, and finally, on YouTube and at The Guardian, I posted this on our Facebook, but uh, Bernie Sanders did an, a town hall on inequality in America, uh, which included uh, Elizabeth Warren and Michael Moore. Ooh, cool. So it was a very... And uh, it had a bunch of other people as well, um, including a professor... Who, I think he was a professor of economics, so he had a lot of interesting stuff to say. But it was a very good town hall. It's on our Facebook if anybody wants to go check it out. So, Cool. Uh, I watched the first season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I told you I downloaded it. Now I've seen it. Uh, do you know what? It holds up extremely good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm... I'm I... I said I said it uh, to Margaret on Facebook. I said I, I'm I'm a little surprised how good it holds up. To be honest, I can imagine the first season being good. I think once you get into later seasons, I think it yeah. gets way worse, like exponentially. But the first season probably is very good because I remember that the the build of the storyline is very interesting because at the beginning yeah. she doesn't know she's a witch and then she yeah. slowly finds out. That part is yeah. the int- but I think once you get into the second and third season, you're going to have a different opinion. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I tried to convince my dad to watch Vikings. 
so we watched the three first episodes of Vikings, and my dad is like, nope, a little too much uh, like Game of Thrones. Sure. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> so really like that show, though. There's a lot of good people Vikings, talk, saying yeah. good things about that show. So. Vikings is fucking amazing. Game of Thrones is not. <laughs> I, I can hear I I can hear Luke's brain say, shouting out, "I don't care about Game of Thrones." Right? It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> well, uh, it's it was my time to pick uh, the main topic. Uh, We're going to talk of one of the worst churches in the fucking world, I think. Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, if you haven't heard about Westboro Baptist Church, they are the one that uh, picketed uh, uh, people's funerals and things like that. We will talk about it uh, more in depth. But uh, if you could uh, give me to a little like intro to Westboro Baptist Church, Luke, what would you say? Sure. Uh... It's an American church known for its use in inflammatory hate speech, especially against LGBT plus people. And so mm. LGBTQ and all the other letters and numbers that go in there. Uh, Catholics, Orthodox, Christian, Jews, U.S. soldiers and politicians, and has been widely known as a hate group. Uh, some people have defined them as a cult as well. So, Yay! And we cover cults <laughs> here, right? So... Mm-hmm. It says here that the church has been has faced several accusations of brainwashing uh, and has been criticized for resembling a cult. So uh, it is still defined as a religion, I believe, but uh, as uh, you know, it's not defined as a cult, but it is cult like, I guess is a good way to put it. Well, with 70 fucking members of the church and not really. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of inbreeding uh, um, inside the church. I, sure. I'm not sure uh, we can call it something else than uh, than a cult. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, pretty much the thing, like Happy Science, with their number, the number of people that Happy Science has, and uh, th- these their membership. And this has 70. Happy Science could beat up West, Westboro Baptist Church like a hundred times over. <laughs> right. And it's... Uh, and I think that... I was watching like, oh, uh, it says theology and it says primitive Baptist Calvinists. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that's what they define themselves as, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, their uh, founder was uh, Fred Phelps, and we will talk a lot about the Phelps family uh, during this. Um, they have an interesting official website, uh, Luke. What is that official website? Uh, well, I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but it's GodHatesBritishCigarettes.com. <laughs> and just replace yes. British cigarettes with another with a slang term. And you got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the church headquarters is uh, in the neighborhood west of Tobika, about three miles from Kansas State, uh, State capital. Its first public ser- uh, service was held in the afternoon of 
November 1955. Uh, so this is this was actually older than than I thought it was. I th I thought this was a pretty new. Uh, church. When well, I was looking at when it comes to churches, 1955 is pretty new. But you just thought mm -hmm. it was newer than than it is, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The church was headed uh, by Fred Phelps before his death in March 2014. Though the church representatives uh, had not defined a leader for some time uh, before his death. Uh, the church members consist uh, primarily, and here is where, the, where, where we come into the name Phelps, members of Phelps' extended family. And 2011, the church stated that it had 40 members, so it's grown. Uh, Westboro uh, Baptist Church is not affiliated with any Baptist domination, although it describes itself as a uh, Primitive Baptists. Whoa, be. robots. Uh, and the, <laughs> oh. yeah. the Westboro Baptist Church uh, uh, does not elevate itself as any Baptist domination, although it describes itself as Primitive Baptist, whatever that means. And what following five points do they follow? Uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, Robot Fro. Primitive Baptists, though, are conservative Baptists that adhere to Calvinist beliefs that coin uh, coincide out of a controversy, uh, coalesce out of a controversy among Baptists during the early 19th century over the appropriate uh, appropriateness of mission boards, tract society, temperance societies. Oh, and temperance societies. I don't know what most of that stuff is. What is Calvinism? Let me look this up. Uh, branch of Protestantism. Uh, yeah. So they, they're, they're, it's just more, uh, Calvinism broke from the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century. So they're, they just, it, they, they're going for a really old version of religion is what they're saying. Right. Uh, and they think they are the only one that, um, more or less can be saved. You have to be a member of the West Rural Baptist Church to be saved. So, right, heaven they, will mean, be. They, they believe in the classic uh, um, end of times, like four horse, the return of the uh, four horsemen, the apocalypse type uh, end of times. Uh, Jesus come back, comes back to take the good people to heaven and uh, let everybody else live in damnation. That's their. That's their end times uh, view of things. So, but yeah, uh, they have a lot of signs, and uh, this is maybe where I like remember them uh, the best. They have uh, signs like "God hates British cigarettes." Uh, and uh, God hates the troops. Uh, God hates America. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, signing in this uh, group of people. Right. 
Yeah, we should, we should really, probably really, really. We should probably do the stunning. history of this before we get into the, the pr- current protests and everything. But according to them, sure. God, I think is a little bit emo. According to them, because he hates mm-hmm. everything. Uh, but in the history of this, uh, like we said, it was uh, first uh, opened in 1955. But the church itself uh, originated as East Side Baptist Church, which is which is established in 1931. Um, right. In 1954 was when Fred Phelps, who we just talked about, was, uh, was an associated pastor and was promoted uh, to pastor of this specific church. So that's when he took over this church and made it Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, mm. Soon after it was established, Fred, uh, Phelps broke ties with the Baptist Church. Uh, they began picketing in Topeka in 1991. So that's when the picketing started was 91. So they had, they had been around for uh, a good 40 years almost before they even started picketing. Uh, they were picketing Gage Park in Topeka, which they said was the den of anonymous homosexual activity. So they were, they were picketing a park, a city park. It was a strange mm-hmm. place to start, but uh, soon the protests had spread throughout the city within three years. The church was traveling across the country. In 94, Phelps explained that he considered the negative reaction to their picketing to be proof of his righteousness. Uh, this this was interesting thing that I never, never knew about. On August 20th, 95, a pipe bomb exploded outside uh, Shirley Phelps, uh, the daughter of Fred Phelps's house. The blast damaged an SUV f- uh, and part of the house, but no one was injured. Uh, in 96, two men were arrested for the bombing, both admitting uh, to causing the blast. Uh, they, the two men believed that Phelps Rogers' house was that of uh, the pastor, Fred Phelps. So they just they bombed the wrong house. Uh, and they wanted to retaliate against Westboro Baptist Church f- uh, against their anti-gay protests at Washburn University. So... Uh, that kind of makes me go, now I understand a little bit why they're so, uh, what's the good word for it? Such giant jerks is because they can, in a way they're, they're probably still justifying that they got bombed way back in the nineties. You know what I mean? Giant jerks. Can I call them fucking, fucking assholes? Yeah, probably. I, I, thank you. Uh, this is interesting. One of the bombers was fined uh, $1,751 and was sentenced to 16 days in prison. That's not yeah, very much. Yeah, plus 100 hours of community service. Right, so... Th- I don't know if nowadays if you bomb somebody's house that you would get 16 days in prison. That seems a little low to me, but whatever. Uh, Fred Phelps died in natural causes March 19, 2014, so... So, but uh, according to their own count, web, the Baptist, uh, Baptist Church has picketed in all 50 states. Yeah, if you go onto their site, which we ta- we said it a minute ago, uh, mm-hmm. and you go down to the left-hand side uh, sidebar, there's an interesting, it's called the numbers right there. You see that? Oh, right? I, I, lo- I love that. It's interesting. Uh, 6,950 soldiers uh, that God has killed in Iraq and Afghanistan 
61,448 pickets conducted by Westboro Baptisters. 61,448 uh, protests. That's a lot. Uh, 1,012 yeah. cities have been visited by them. 1,395 weeks uh, uh, that they've held daily picketing uh, on the on the mean streets of doomed America is what it says. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite mm-hmm. one. People who God has cast into hell since you loaded this page. Since I loaded this web page, according to them, 106, 108, 110, 112 people have been <laughs> cast into hell. And it's yeah. continuous. The counter is continuously rising as I'm sitting here. Uh, what's some other interesting ones in here? Some of this is weird. Eight people that God God saved in the flood. Is that just a reference to Noah, or what's that a reference yeah. to? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a it, it's a <laughs> reference to Noah because it was Noah, his uh, wife, uh, their son and daughter, and their husband and wife. I think. Right. Okay. I was uh, for a second yeah. when I read it. Uh, when I first read it, I was like, was there some kind of flood in Kansas that I didn't know about? That like, Yeah, no. No, they weren't talking about themselves. They are talking about the Bible. Uh, 144,000 uh, Jews will be saved in in the last days. And then right at the bottom is that they're trying to troll people. Zero nanoseconds of sleep that Westboro Baptist Church members have lost over your opinions, uh, over your opinions and your feelings and it's written out like that like feelings with lots of e's and lots of l's <laughs> yeah and uh but uh, look do you know what i like most about westboro baptist church uh the colorful the uh colorful signs no they're parodies Uh, they are the anti uh They have so many parody songs. I've no, I didn't really watch they, any of them, but go ahead. Oh, they are so incredibly fantastic. Uh, should, should should we play one? Uh, no, I don't. Well, no, no. Okay. We don't know okay, what's yeah, going to uh, be in there. You know what I mean? And then we have some British cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're happy parodies, really funny. Uh, uh, n- not funny at all. Like, but they're, they're, they have so many parody songs. You have no clue. I think, I think they, they loved Weigel Yankoi and they thought, oh, let's do that just in a Christian way. And what is kind of fun with that is like I, I, I they 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 hate everything that's come uh, like nowadays. But they make parody songs. What? Right, but I mean like I said, we just went back to that thing in the numbers and they clearly like to troll people. <laughs> like your feelings. They have that like, you know, uh, high school mentality it seems like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I listen to so many, uh, parodies, like You Are Going to Hell was a good parody. Uh, what is that a parody of, though? Like, they, they all say, like, what the, the, 
the song they're parried. What like what's that a parody? Oh, of? it's uh, there's uh, the Ballad of Lazarus and the Rich Man is a parody of uh, Adele's Hello, for example. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they did a parody of uh, what Counting Crows. Yeah. Foo Fighters. So, so many things. Let's see, I see Taylor Swift, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah. The Eagles, mm-hmm. Talking Heads, Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. Prince. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much all over the place with the, their parodies, yeah. So, uh, at uh, God Hates uh, British Cigarettes, there's, uh, there's, uh, open, there's open letters to, to people. Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, open letter to Blake Sheldon. Shelton, do you know who that is? No. It, you know what? It sounds like a country singer, so I'm just gonna go with that. Yes. Yes. Was I right? Yep. Okay. Well, and he's the, he he's needs the to change that's... his name because he sounds incredibly generic. But okay, continue. Yeah. And they 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 have like open letters to so many people. I I. I thought I saw some. Uh, they had an open letter to Trump as well. Uh, before, at least they had it. But uh, it's probably updated yeah. or whatever since whenever. But yeah, their website is yeah. not a great website. Like, um, it, it it might be good if like you were part of their organization or whatever. But as far as like trying to get information about them and their beliefs. The website yeah. does not have a lot of that. It's got a lot of, like, audio sermons, um, which I guess if you were to go through and listen to the audio sermons, that might do it, but I'm not going to do that to get the information. Nope. Uh, a lot of video news, like YouTube stuff, um, and then... And they, they also have a blog. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, and then yeah. one of the interesting things I saw was their picketing schedule. Obviously, like... Yeah what they're going to be picketing in the next bunch of days. Uh, so this weekend is what is on this uh, so far. And most of them look like churches. So we got a uh, St. Paul Episcopal Church, uh, Unitarian Universalist Church in Mount uh, or in Walnut Creek, uh, St. Mary's of Immaculate Conception in Walnut Creek. And then down here at the bottom, this one's weird, Rancho Romero Elementary School in Alamo, California. What the hell? Should we look at the news release of that? Yes, I've already seen it, but I think we should read I... a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I have it in front of me. Lord willing! Oh. Alright, you just turned into a robot. This church will... No, robot. You're okay, a robot. You read it then. You're a robot. <laughs> You read it. You read it. All right. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, I'm going to start from like halfway down. I'm going to start from the crater. Your parents, teachers, preachers, and leaders have all lied to you. They all told you there is no standard in, in the earth and that God's commands are merely suggestions if they spoke of them at all. The worst part is that they did this horrendous thing to you to justify their own sins. The result is that you were left rudderless and without uh, a pole star in the sea of lies with absolutely no hope of life nor any hope of heaven when you die. For this reason, we come bringing hope and life, a.k.a. the living word of God. We will be faithful 
uh, we will faithfully provoke our neighbors to obey God's commands. I think that's a good place to stop, but uh, the weird part about this is okay, they're saying they're going to go to this elementary school. They don't actually say, there's not actually a reason except for it says we must warn the children at Rancho Romero Elementary School because they deserve to hear the truth for once in their lives. So they're just going there to influence children, is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Not a great reason to go there. Like, it's not. At first, I thought maybe this was a school shooting location or something like that, but that's not what this is. But uh, have you looked at their their facts? Uh, no, I haven't. Let's go there. For example, uh, what are your views on abortion? Abortion and mur murder? God hates baby killers. Right, they're totally anti-abortion. But, I mean, that's not unusual for a lot of uh, Christian groups, to be honest with you. Yes, but here, here's one, one of the things that I actually like. What are you trying to accomplish? First, our goal is to preach the word of God to the crooked and perverse generation. By our word, some will repent. By our word, some will con uh, be condemned. Whatever they hear or whatever they forbear, they will know a prophet has uh, been among them. And Solomon's job of believing Christians is to preach the gospel to any cre creature and warn them to uh, flee to the wrath to come. So they... they in their mind, they're doing it for a good reason. Uh, well, this is just like a lot of the cults or things we've covered where, like, you boil it down enough and you can find the good things they believe in. And the re right. like the way they justify these things. Uh, I mean, th the good things, I guess, that you can boil it down to in this case are they're anti-violence. They, they're completely anti-violence. So, uh... That's why they're against war, or they're like with the God hates soldiers thing. They believe that God kills soldiers because they're being violent. So they're against that. So when they say like uh, God loves dead soldiers, which I saw one of their signs, they're really mm -hmm. saying God hates violence. But they're doing it in a very provocative way. Uh, another thing they're against is racism. Believe it or not, they're very anti-racism. Uh, it says. Here, churches co uh, the church's founder, Fred Phelps, was a veteran in the civil, right, civil rights movement in the 60s. Uh, yeah. The church's disapproval of racism and physical violence uh, put them against groups such as the neo-Nazis and KKK, as stated on their website. Uh, we don't believe in physical violence of any kind, they say, and the scripture doesn't support racism. Uh, and yeah, so they're... Uh, what else? I guess they're they're anti-war is another thing. They uh, obviously anti-violence are going to be anti-war. So, but they don't believe in any government or uh. So they're they're against the like U.S. government or any government that goes around uh, causing wars or being involved in wars. So it's kind of weird. Like when you boil it down, they like they they're against some things that are kind of positive but in a very negative way it's mm -hmm. very strange they also uh, believe how, they also yeah. are against homosexuality they're against 
uh, abortion and all these other things that are terrible. But there are mm. a few things they believe in that actually, uh, I mean, anti-war, that's something that you can't be like, oh, they're so terrible for not believing in war. So, yeah. No. So, how can I join you? You claim to, uh, you want to join Baptist, uh, Baptist Church. You feel, fell into three classes of people. One, you're a pretender. Two, you're a mocker. And three, you're a sincere soul. So, they don't really trust people. <coughs> right. Uh, going back to the government thing I was just talking about, I just saw this. This is probably the most interesting thing uh, I found about them at, at anywhere. Uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, Church believes that Barack Obama is the Antichrist and that he, he is, oh, he forms an unholy trinity with Satan and the former Pope Bene, Benedict uh, the Sixteenth, whom they believe is a false prophet, prophet of revelations. Uh, Marge Phelps, daughter of Fred Phelps, and the attorney for the church said in an interview uh, that Obama is absolutely going to hell and that he is most likely the beast spoken of in Revelation. Uh, she also says that Obama's presidency is a sign of the apocalypse. So, <laughs> cool. Of course. <laughs> Did so you know that he was... Uh, a Holy Trinity with Satan and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So yeah. random. So, but uh, I I need to say why how I uh, came uh, to know these people because uh, there's something I really want to recommend to people out there, and it's two documentaries really uh, uh, that are. Amazing, Louis Thoreau. Uh, we talked about Louis Thoreau many, many, many times on on this podcast uh, when he did his uh, Scientology uh, film. We covered that. Uh, we we covered yeah, we covered a lot of things he has done, and uh, he has made a documentary about uh, uh, the Phelps. about the church, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's called uh, the most hated family in America, and it was uh, from 2007. And then he made a follow-up documentary, uh, and the follow-up documentary is even more interesting, actually. And it's called America's Most Hated Family in Crisis. And it was made in 2011. Yeah, so everybody go check this out. Uh, we're probably going to wrap this up. We, there's probably about a million other things we could go in and talk to about this. But yeah, uh, we're just kind of running time here. And Fro is uh, doesn't have a great connection. He's in the hospital. So let's wrap this up uh, with our final thoughts real quick. But as far as this goes, these are obviously terrible people, obviously doing terrible things. Um, the one thing I find interesting about this right now is that it seemed like maybe a year or year and a half, two years ago, there was a lot more talk about them than there is in 2018. Would you agree with yeah. that, Fro? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I think they're, during they're... the Black Lives Matter stuff, there was a lot of talk about uh, these guys, and I think yeah. it's kind of fallen off 
maybe since Trump got around, everybody's talking more about Trump than Westboro Baptist Church, but yeah. um, I've actually did, been to yeah. multiple protests. I don't think you knew that, from. No, I didn't. I've been to more than one of their protests that have been in Oregon. Um, yeah. The first one Good. I ever saw was during um, Occupy Wall Street. They were yeah. they were in Portland, Oregon. Another one I saw in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they were protesting a basketball game. The Portland has the Blazers, so I th- uh, I went down there. I saw them protest that. I, w- I was in the anti protest of both of those. Another anti protest I went to was actually in a town that's very near where I went to high school. Is a little town uh, called Corvallis, Oregon. It's like Mm. Two towns over, one town over, something like that from where I went to high school. Um, And this was one where they actually no-showed because uh, it was actually very, very moving at the time. This uh, soldier had died um, in combat, and he was a local, you know, a local kid. And so they were having a memorial service for him, uh, Army Ranger Cody Patterson. And this kid was actually a friend of... Um, one of my best friend's brother, he was his friend, like one of his best friends. So a very close uh, connection to me as far as like somebody my friend knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid joined the army just because he needed money for college. That's why he joined. He got killed. Um, oh, they awful. had this huge, they wanted to have, uh, they were just having a memorial service on, uh, on the weekend and Westboro Baptist said they were going to come there and they were going to protest this event. Uh, what happened was basically the entire town came together. And this was before Trump. Uh, but it was liberals, conservatives. There were entire uh, motorcycle gangs like the Hells Angels and other biker gangs that were all lined up on the road. Uh, there were people making a human wall, like connected at the arms to keep them from driving in. Um, I was told at the time that the Westboro Baptist people did show up at the airport and that they were turned away by police because they wanted, the police wanted to avoid any violent confrontation because there were hundreds, if not maybe uh, a few thousand people waiting for them outside this memorial service to give them a what's for, you know what I mean? And just keep them away. Um, it was moving. It was so moving at the time because it was, I mean, this these, it was people who were anti Westboro Baptist Church, but it was also pro um, people who were pro soldier, who pro military people who were mad at them. So it was conservatives and liberals and biker gang people and hippies all together working together for one common goal, which was very cool mm. at the time. One of the stories I heard about that uh, uh, Westboro Baptist Church is this, and this is an interesting story, and one of the reasons why why I I I, I feel some hope with them uh, being so condemning. Do you know what one of their uh, protesters did? Look, uh, I don't know. I thought it was a rhetorical it, question. No, I was just no, waiting no. for you to continue. No, Go ahead. They, bought, they bought the house up beside them and bought that house and painted it in rainbow colors. I remember that, right, yeah. Yeah. As a protest. 
against Westboro Baptist Church. How fucking amazing is that? Oh, yeah. Uh, again, like, th their anti-gay belief is very bad. They have a lot of other crazy... Their crazy beliefs go beyond that, though, where there oh, are yeah. a lot of Christian groups that are just as anti-gay, anti-abortion as they are, but maybe not as... Uh, Showing it. Showing yeah, it. open about it, yeah. or maybe even as just mean, mean about it, like I said earlier. Yeah. Alright, let's wrap this up. Uh, overall, bad people. Agreed? Oh, yeah. If I saw one of them, I would uh, take their sign and break it over my knee. Alright. Movie round. Did you see any movies this week, Fro? No! Uh, well, the first thing I saw was a stand-up bit. Ricky Gervais, uh, his first stand-up in seven years, believe it or not, for yeah. on Netflix. I actually, yeah, I actually seen this. Okay, okay, so you did yeah. see something this week, alright. Yeah. What do uh, you think? Okay, yeah. I really, really liked it. I, I thought it was one of the most funny things that he's done, actually. What do you think of the Caitlyn Jenner bit? That's the thing that everybody was talking about after it came out. Uh, come on, it was funny. It was funny. It was. And it he, was made a good, he made a good point as well, which is yeah, what makes yeah. it funny. Agreed. Uh, and then the other thing I saw this week, which is a uh, documentary, is called Take Your Pills, which is a documentary about um, Ritalin and, and Adderall, which I talked about oh. earlier when I was talking about Roman Reigns, remember? Yeah. And but this um it doesn't really look at Ritalin and, and Adderall. It does look at it in the sense of like giving it to kids when they're younger, but it yeah. also looks at it in a way as when people use it for a performance enhancing drug. Yeah. Uh specifically with like coders who need to stay up all night and code and yeah. uh or hackers or um one guy was a professional football player and he was using yeah. it to uh he had an injury and it would help him like forget about the injury during the game and also let him focus and help. It helped with his speed and his stamina during the games. Um, and I remember when Roman Reigns got in trouble for Adderall and I was trying to tell people Adderall can be a performance enhancing drug and nobody, yeah. everybody, all, you know, the WWE apologists all saying, no, he, you know, he just taking it, but Adderall Ritalin, they're basically just meth. I mean, they're very, very similar to meth. And yeah. um, they so can be used. So, so, they can be used as performance enhancing drugs for a lot of different things. It's something we need to look into. Uh, like right now, we have this huge opioid problem that we just talked about on the show. But there also is a huge problem with these other drugs as well, which is like in the documentary they even say like opioids are up here, and right below that is the problem with these meth, uh, these amphetamine type drugs. So very interesting. Go check it out. Uh, I use Ritalin uh, on a daily basis. Right. So I am definitely going to check out that documentary. Uh, I mean, I they definitely... I was... I was described uh, Ritalin as, as a kid, so this is going to be interesting for me to look oh, at. Oh, yeah. If you had it as a kid, for sure, because they point out, like, yeah. once you get older, its effects change on a... Like, uh, once your brain um, becomes fully adult, the effects of those drugs actually become something completely different. Yeah, just check it out. It's very interesting. They do cover a kid that has had it since he's a little kid, and now he's older, and he's trying to get off of it. Um, and they're, 
they it it's something that can cause physical addiction. So he's has a, mm. has a problem with it. But it also points out in the film that people who do need these drugs, they do need these drugs. Um, oh, yeah. But there are I, other I, people. I, when I used it, I can tell you from my own uh, experience with Ritalin, I fucking needed it. <laughs> but there are other people that are using it not only oh, yeah, yeah. for performance enhancing reasons, but recreationally. And those are the things that um, are the most interesting part of the documentary, especially the professional football player. That's like, wow. And the, you know, coder who's living in uh, Silicon Valley. That was an re- interesting story, him telling him. He never was prescribed it. He was just given it by friends or, like, college students will use it to study, things like that. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting documentary. Check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, that was the movies I saw this week. Cool. And we are going to watch the audio trailer for Tomb Raider. Do you, do you know that SF is for Swedish film? I did not. I figured it was San Francisco, but all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is definitely so, not... Uh, sub- yeah. This is definitely not sub- female Indiana Jones from that no. first scene. So this, the subtitles in, on this uh, trailer is Swedish. Oh right, this is an international trailer, so, yeah. Uh. I think she's a survivor. That's a bad song for this. Shouldn't Laura Croft be a fighter? She's more of a fighter than she is a survivor, right? Am I wrong here? Yeah. Alright, that was our trailer. So Luke, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Right, Laura Croft. Uh, Tomb Raider. Laura Croft is a fiercely independent daughter of an eccentric adventurer who vanished er- years earlier. Hoping to solve the mystery of her father's disappearance, Croft... Wait a second. Isn't this Indiana Jones... Three, where he goes to search for his father. Yeah. Okay. Hoping to solve the mystery of his father's disappearance, I I made the joke that it was that earlier. I didn't realize that this. Okay. <laughs> Croft embarks on a perilous journey to his last known destination, a fabled tomb uh, on a mythical island that might be somewhere off the coast of Japan. All right. So this got six point nine out of ten on IMDb. Uh, 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not terrible, but not great. No, and, uh, I, you either fucking love this movie or fucking hate it. It's like, it's, and I never, I, I have never seen so either Oh, It's like, either they are giving, like, uh, full score or they, uh, fucking hates it. Like, for example, like, uh, uh, there was one star review saying, like, really boring and rubbish film. This for, uh, film was dreadful, too much cheesiness, bad acting, and re- unrealistic. Wow, this was bad. Very poor, predictable s- script. Viking Anger is wooden, her character is weak, 
and not very bright. Insult to the franchise. Okay, and that was one. one. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a one out of, yeah. Uh, I went to the Facebook page. Uh, kind of, it was an alright presence there. I got a few of them. Hmm, let me see. Um, Kenneth Wilson says, the film, uh, the film met with mixed reviews from critics. Some of the some criticizing the plot as paint by numbers, but also garnering the praise of the grittiness and realism of the incarnation of this incarnation of the franchise. Uh, while Vikander's performance as Laura Croft was praised, the characterization drew a polarized response. Some describing her as capable, powerful, and an unobjectified un-ije- her- heroine, while others called her character bland and a punching bag. Uh, a punching bag who is an onlooker. Wow. Uh, here's another one from Ryan Permission. T- uh, Tomb Raider is a fun action-adventure movie. Uh, Vikander... Is it Vikander? I think that's right. Vikander. Vikander is mesmerizing as the new Laura Croft. Uh, Rock-solid action. The intensity of, a two th- of the 2013 video game come to life. However, certain subplots... Uh, were surprising and unnecessary. Plus, uh, part of the ending had me completely confused. But he gave it, gave it an 8 out of 10. So, pretty hmm. good. So, uh, I have not seen Alone Together this week. Uh, because I haven't seen Alone Together this week. Because, so, we'll uh, call this review Alone Alone. <laughs> Aha! Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I saw it alone by myself because I'm a loser that lives no. by myself. <laughs> no, come on. I'm You're just kidding. Uh, come on. I'm not really kidding. All right, let's get into this. Alone Together, episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> we open up at Benji's house. Uh, mm-hmm. Second to last episode, by the way, everybody. Uh, oh, do, and, and you forgot to say spoiler alert for all that. Right, I guess so. But I mean, yeah. are you gonna go back and watch this? Or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a funny episode. I don't know if you go back and watch it, but you'll get the gist uh, from my review. Hopefully, I did. Yeah. I did not. Know, we kind of last minute thing happened here that Fro wasn't able to take notes. So again, mm-hmm. I've got very limited notes. I'm gonna be going a lot, a lot out of memory. So, and I don't really have anybody to bounce off of because last time I did nope. it off memory, I at least had you to bounce off of. Uh, because so. I, I, I watched that episode. Exactly. And <laughs> I, have hoping... no, I have absolutely no clue what this episode is about. And... Let me guess. Was okay. Benji in this episode? Yes, Benji and Esther are in this uh, episode, Fro, believe it or not. Oh. The two characters hmm. that are the main characters that are in every episode are in this episode. You're so good. <laughs> you, are, you are just so smart about TV. Okay. Um... <laughs> We were hoping Tilly was going to be here today. It sounded like she was going to, but I just think she did not get enough sleep. She did not show up, so she got a new mic, mic and everything. She was going to be here today, and she was unable to make it. So mm. that would have been somebody for me to bounce off of. But uh, we open up at Benji's house, and Benji is giving guitar lessons to his nephew. We find out who this is. Okay. Uh, and he's trying to teach him how to play guitar, and according to. Uh, the kid is kind of like, I want to learn how to play this, like the new 
new hits, he says. But um, Benji wants to teach him how to play ska music. Because Benji used to be a ska band back in the 90s. Wow. And he said he was in a band that was called Sconal The Sconald Trumpets. And he was like, oh. that was before Ska and Donald Trumpet weren't, uh, were not as cool as, the, or were cooler than they are now, is what he says. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we find out Esther's there, and Esther, um, is making homemade slime to sell online to kids, because she's trying to get money for Rihanna tickets, uh, because Rihanna is coming uh, to town. She wants to go to the concert. Uh, Benji and her and Esther get in a fight about Selena Gomez. Uh, and she's... They're basically getting in a fight whether Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez is better. And... <laughs> and Benji really? says he thinks Justin Bieber is better. And she says Selena Gomez is better. And she says, who would you rather be on an island with? Selena Gomez or Justin Bieber? And mm -hmm. Benji says, Bieber... We could do, like, a collab or something. Uh, yeah. She was expecting him to say Selena Gomez because you'd want to be on, a, a, uh, stranded on an island with a beautiful woman. But Benji right, says, right. what do you mean? I just, Bieber, of course. Uh, but uh, this Scar band, like, uh, was that mentioned in uh, in a matter of fact? Or was he, like, really proud of being uh, Oh, we'll in get this into it, bro. This becomes uh, okay. a very major plot point of the, yes. Okay. But yeah, he's trying to teach him how to do the ska, like, the, the riff you do on a guitar playing ska music. There's a very specific um, ska sound, you know what I mean? And the kid's like, mm -hmm. I don't really want to learn this. Uh, so, uh, Benji's aunt, the, his nephew's mother, obviously, comes to pick the son up. And we find out that the kid's going to have his bar mitzvah soon. Uh, Is there any famous uh, actor here? We, uh, yes, we, we uh, well, kind of. Uh, the aunt is played by a lady named Sarah Mornell, I found out. Okay. Who was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Ah. She was in okay. Becker for, like, half of a season where she was the love interest. You might remember from mm. there. She was in yeah. Judging Amy. Uh, she was also in Paranormal Activity 4, which I know you've seen that, so. Yes, I definitely have seen that. Uh, next, uh, right, she picks him up. She, we find out that he's gonna have a, um, bar mitzvah this weekend. The nephew is. Uh, and she wants Ben, she's looking for somebody to make a music video for his bar mitzvah. To make it special for him. And Ben, she mm. says, I, I make memes all the time. And I, I'm a musician, I can make a music video. That's what he says. Meme. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I make memes, uh, all the time. That's what he says. That's equivalent to making a music video. Uh, so, uh... The, the aunt agrees, like, okay, yeah, you can make the music video, I'll pay you, I'll give you all, any money you need to make it, uh, just let me know, and I'll pay you back, or I'll pay, you know, pay you up front, whatever. So we find out that this lady is very rich, which we know Benji's family, in general, is very rich, uh, but the aunt, much, as well, is very rich. Yeah. How much? She just says, any cost, anything it costs, I'll, I'll give you the money. That's what she says. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. It becomes a plot point, as well, because... Uh, Esther comes up to the aunt and says, uh, she's looking to, she knows she's still trying to get money for Rihanna tickets. So right. she asks if she needs a, a babysitter, any help with babysitting. And Esther says, I got out of the babysitting game a while ago, but I'm trying to get back into it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, 
the lady basically says, no, I don't need a babysitter right now. Because uh, it seems like she doesn't really like Esther that much. <coughs> but Benji tells Esther, after the aunt leaves, Benji tells uh, Esther about the music video. And he says, listen, I'll put you in the music video and I'll pay you and my aunt will give me any money I need. You just need to help me make this music video happen. And Esther says, sure, because she wants money for the Rihanna tickets again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Esther uh, says, I- I'll totally be in your music video, but I need to see your film reel. <laughs> what? You know, like an, an example of other things you've yeah, done yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. a director, because he's going to be directing this music video. Uh, right, right. Okay. okay. So we cut to the comic. We, we cut to the music video from the 90s of um, Benji in his ska band singing oh their song. Uh, it's great to be in LA or something like that. It's this ska, like 1990s ska music video. And, and we go out of the music video and we're in the comedy club and Jeff, their friend is there and him and Esther are just cracking up laughing at how terrible this music video is. And Jeff's like, is it? Yeah. Jeff's like, I don't understand this dancing. Is is your body trying to escape itself? <laughs> is it better or is it worse than the theme song for uh, for uh, uh, the ska wrestler in WWE? Uh, it sounds more like a 90s ska music than it sounds like n- nowadays kind of ska punk. It's not like it's yeah. ska, whereas nowadays that's like ska punk. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. this is more like 1990s ska, like real big fish or something like that. Oh, okay. So nothing like seven cents. Yeah, I mean, okay. it does have an influence. That that okay. ska punk obviously has an influence from ska music. Yeah, but yeah. it's a little different. Yeah. 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 You, if you heard this song, you would go. You would feel 90s nostalgia. I guarantee you, bro. Okay. 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 So, um, they want to borrow the comedy stores video camera that it uses to film, you know, the stand-ups so that they can film this music video because they don't have a camera. Mm-hmm. And we find out right. that Jeff is the uh, the AV guy for the comedy store. So he's the one that rents oh. out the equipment if you need it. And he's right. like, I don't really trust you guys. Have you ever, ever even worked together on anything? And they're like, uh, no, but uh, I think it'll work out. And he's kind of like, I don't think this is going to work. But then Benji tells him, well, I'll let you in on it, and my aunt is basically paying for everything, and I can pay you. And so he's like, I'm in. (laughs) Mm. So we go to the music video set, and we find out it's actually a warehouse that Benji's parents own. Okay, go ahead. Now, uh, 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 how long ago is it since we've seen him? Have you seen him since the road trip episode? Um, I want to say no. Uh, I think, yeah. No, I think the road trip episode was the last time we saw him. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there was some, like, little appearance. Oh, no, he was in the episode with the the two ladies that come to Esther's apartment. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He was in the very end of that episode. Oh, yeah, 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 Uh, with the the game show thing, yeah. Right, exactly. Where he thinks it's game night, and he's like, Screw you guys. (laughs) That was a good episode. Um, But we find out that this is Benji's parents' warehouse that they're filming in, and that this is where 
when Benji's parents evict people out of their houses, they take all anything that the people let, leave behind and put it in this warehouse. So that's what what they say. What he says. It's kind of sad. Uh, Jeff warns them about the equipment. He says, "Do you know what the most important thing about being around a, this kind of equipment is? No rough housing. Absolutely no rough housing." And they're like, "Okay, all right, that's fine. Yeah." Uh, so, Benji and Esther, uh, go to the back and get the nephew, because they're going to be filming with him, and he's got his own green room, which is just, like, a room in the back of this warehouse, and the How kid's like... How big is this, uh, warehouse? Yeah, it's a warehouse. It's a big, giant wow. warehouse. Wow. Not super important to the, to the story, but... No, no. The kid is kind of being diva-ish about doing this music video. And Benji says, stop trying to Marlon Brando me. And the kid says, is that a ska band? <laughs> and he says, no, no. Because <laughs> this is, you know, a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. So they co- he, uh, he calls out Esther, and she's gone to wardrobe to get dressed up for the ska music video. And she comes back looking like a housewife from the 50s with, like, a pearl necklace and a little dress on and everything. And he's like, this is not the – you're supposed to be wearing – ska punk like outfit you're look this is not what i told you to dress up in she says yeah but i'm trying to get those babysitting jobs and if the women at this bar mitzvah see me uh acting like a babysitter they'll all want to hire me and i'll be in the money and he's like i know this is a bad idea but she convinces him to do it and so they film part of this music video and the whole time he wants her to do this specific thing so that they can uh for the purpose of the music video. But the whole time she's trying to like take band-aids and like go to the kid and be like, Oh, you got a booby and put like a band-aid on his arm. He's like, are you hungry? And she's like feeding him an orange and stuff to try to like get into this music video. And Benji's getting pissed off. Like he, I'm the director, follow my direction, that kind of thing. So him and Esther get in a fight and they start roughhousing. And Jeff's like, you're roughhousing. I told you no roughhousing. Stop it. Benji, you know she how strong she actually is. <laughs> Saying, like, she's going to beat you up, Benji. And, of course, the two of them go crashing into the camera. And it goes crashing to the ground. Uh, so Jeff what gets pissed. What is And Re- Jeff's like, what did I just say about roughhousing? <laughs> Jeff is very good. He's a funny guy. I can see him being in yeah. stuff in the future and me really enjoying it. Like other TV shows and stuff, so... So he takes the camera, uh, and he takes off, because he's like, "I'm you guys have lost your privileges, basically. Mm. So Benji's given up. He's outside, but Esther convinces him, hey, we can finish this music video. We can just use one of our cell phones and film it on that, and we'll, we'll do it. And they kind of have a moment together where they're like, we're best friends. We can push through this and make this music video. So we go to Benji's house after this, and they're both watching the music video. But we don't get to see the music video. It's just them watching the TV. We never see the TV. And they're both like, yeah, I'm so glad we got this done. We're best friends. We actually made this happen together with our blood, sweat, and tears. And we're both going to get something out of it. I'm going to be famous. And Benji thinks he's going to bring ska music back for a new generation. Is what he thinks. And Esther wants to get the babysitting jobs out of it. So they're both excited for this music video. So, uh, finally we go to the bar mitzvah. And they're, you know, they're uh, hanging out, and 
um, Esther is like dancing with all the little kids. She's like, uh, you know, hanging out with all these like uh, 16, 14 year old kids dancing. And she's a little tiny girl. So she looks just like she should be part of all the little kids group. Uh, mm-hmm. And all the parents are looking at her like, huh, who is this person? Uh, and the aunt comes up and she says, okay, we're going to show this special music video that uh, Benji did for his nephew, or with his nephew, sorry. Mm-hmm. And they start showing the music video, and the nephew has re-edited this music video, and it has whole different music on it. It doesn't have ska music in it anymore at all. And he's edited out a lot of the ska music stuff, and all it is is him with Esther in this outfit and her like taking care of him and hugging on him and like kissing his boo-boo better (laughs) and feeding him or feeding him oranges slowly into his mouth. And the song is, I love my babysitter. I want her to take care of me. Like that. It's like him singing about how much he loves his babysitter. So all the people in this bar mitzvah are like, Oh my gosh, this lady is a child molester. And this kid is in love with his babysitter. So it's super creepy, and everybody starts to get mad at Esther, and they're all looking at her like, one guy says, she was dancing with my kids earlier, I thought she was just another kid. (laughs) So they get kicked out of the bar mitzvah, obviously, Uh, even though neither one of them edited this together, it was the the nephew, uh, who was, I, I don't know, you just have to see it, there's one part where there's emojis all over the screen, and there's like a... Yeah, you'd have to see the emojis and everything. It a very Ooh. funny ending there, uh, part there where they get kicked out of the bar mitzvah. Uh, they're back at Benji's house, and we find out that Esther has gotten a job uh, to try to get money for these Rihanna tickets, finally. And she became a, a dancing waist- waitress at a 50s diner. Because she realized when she was at the bar mitzvah, she was a really good dancer. So she went to audition for this. And st- uh, she... And uh, Benji goes, wow, that takes a lot a lot of uh, ambition to go out there and work minimum wage while embarrassing yourself. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's where we end our episode nine. Uh, plugs, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go get a 30-day trial. Uh, go to westcoastwrestlingconnection.com. Check out the TV show on the YouTube page. Very good stuff there. Uh, send us emails at another digital citizen at gmail.com. Anything you want to talk about for next week, uh, we're going to be talking to a Trump voter. So if you have any questions for a Trump voter, send those in next week. Fro, do you have anything to plug? Uh, so next week, like I said, we're going to be hopefully doing an interview unless something crazy happens. We've had this set up for weeks now, so hopefully it's been figured out. But we're going to be talking to a Trump voter. We're going to be talking about why he voted for Trump. What he thinks about politics nowadays. We're going to be talking about... um, I'm I'm definitely going to ask him what he thinks about Jill Stein. I mean, we're going to also be talking a lot about conspiracy theory. Because this guy uh, has a lot of... He's kind of a conspiracy theory buff. So we'll talk a little bit of that as well. So any questions for that? We're going to be doing News of the Week, of course, next week. We'll be talking about Cambridge Analytica probably again. Another digital review of Sherlock Gnomes, which is a cartoon, and Alone Together episode 10. So it should be a good show. 
Goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, citizen.